to the Scramble Podcast, brought to you by Farmer's Hen House. Eggs that don't just taste good, but do good for the hen, for the farmer, for the environment, and most importantly, for you. And today, we have the privilege of airing a FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions, for those of you not familiar with the acronym, podcast uh, brought to you by our resident expert, no pun intended, and compliance manager, Laura. So, Laura, thank you for joining us today. Yeah. It is uh, great to have you because you know more about hens and eggs, I would argue, than anybody else in this company. Is that an exaggeration? I I know a lot. Um, I've grew up with birds. I have a degree in poultry science. Uh, I I have at least as much experience as anybody who has birds of their own. Okay. And can okay. I add Yeah. Can I ask you what motivated your entry into uh, this I don't know area of expertise? Uh, so my folks bought an acreage when I was in middle school and wanted to have birds. Uh, They had chickens, kind of an old McDonald farm kind of thing, and they said, well, if you take care of the birds, uh, you can sell the eggs, buy feed. Anything left is for you. I didn't really feel like uh, flipping hamburgers at McDonald's (laughs) as a summer job, and so I took that up, and that's kind of how I got into it, and then uh, ended up going to school for it, and now I'm here at Farmer's Hen House. Yeah, that's awesome, and we are very blessed to have you here. What... um really got you was it i mean obviously there was an an economical advantage right in your work with birds at a young age uh but what else was it about it that interested you i enjoyed the chickens um i think they have neat personalities i i enjoy being outside Um, we had an easy setup and a way into it i was involved in um, things like agriculture classes and ffa in high school so it was something that i had been around for most of my life anyway. It just was sort of a natural progression, but I've, I've always enjoyed um, being outside working with animals. Uh, I think like most kids, I wanted to be a vet when I was, you know, young. Yeah. Uh, didn't work out, but <laughs> uh, this, was a, this was a good way to stay involved with it and be able to be around birds. Yeah. So did you know from a, an early age then that you wanted to, to continue I to work didn't. in this? Um, I actually thought I was going to be an English teacher. Oh, okay. Uh, and went that route for a while and then decided that this is what I wanted to pursue instead. I had some, some good mentors and an interest in it and saw some opportunities and so decided to go this direction. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, as far as your desire to be an English teacher, was it because of literature or writing? or? Uh, I like to write. I, I don't really write anymore, but I always, my mom enjoyed writing, yeah. read a lot as a kid. I was kind of a, a bookworm, kind of a nerd. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that was my motivation. And then I got into it and I realized I really wasn't interested in uh, picking apart sentences and writing papers on why somebody wrote something 50 years ago. I, want, I was more interested in it just to enjoy it. So decided yeah. that maybe being an English teacher wasn't the right route for me. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the right route for me either, because I was an English teacher for a minute. It's a hard job. And I didn't last. So let's get into it. We are are going to uh, just go through questions that many people ask, either about hens or eggs. 
and Laura uh, thankfully has the answers. I do not, so I will be asking the questions. And if there's a question that we don't get to that you would like answered, feel free to reach out to us on social media or email. You can find it on our website, and we'd be happy to answer those questions for you. So, Laura, the first question I have is, what are the differences between cage-free, free-range, and pasture-raised eggs? So it can vary a little bit between companies. Um, Our definition here at Farmer's Hen House, starting with cage-free, would be these are birds that are not in cages. Uh, So anything that you purchase from Farmer's Hen House is not caged ever for any reason. Uh, But cage-free would be sort of a basic in our system. The birds are in an open barn. Uh, They don't necessarily go outside, but they do have space indoors to roam around. There's still a a scratch area, so one of the ways that birds keep their feathers clean and conditioned is to dust bathe. Uh, So there are dust dust bathing areas provided in the barn. Uh, still have all of the basics that we expect from any of our farmers. We have perched community nests, um, plenty of feed and water space. Uh, the majority of our barns are open-sided, so birds see sunlight whether they go outside or not, um, which then kind of moves into free-ranger birds that are actually going outside. For our farms, we require that everybody have a minimum of two square feet per bird outside, just of space. Um, Most of our farmers exceed that by quite a bit. Oh, really? Yeah, they do. Um, A lot of them have, you know, more space around the barn just anyway, and so we always tell them the more space that you have, the better. The birds will use it. Yeah. Uh, But free range would be all of the same indoor fixtures as a cage-free barn, so dust bathing areas, purchase nests, feed, water, um, and then in the outside area for a free range we do require that everybody provide water for their birds outside when the temperatures are above freezing, uh, shade outside, so some of our barns have trees or bushes in the outside area, some of them have uh, maybe tall vegetation that they let grow, whether that be natural vegetation or they plant something like wheat or millet. Um, Some of them maybe don't have trees planted yet or the trees aren't big enough and so they will build a structure for shade for their birds or they'll bring in maybe a hay wagon that they're not using that the birds can get under. Anything that gives the birds the opportunity to feel safe. Uh, Birds typically do not like to be in a wide open area. If you you drive by a barn and you see there's a lot of space outside but there maybe aren't necessarily birds out even if the barn is open, probably the birds don't really want to go out and make themselves vulnerable. Uh, Their instinct is that they are still an animal that can be preyed on. Mm. So you give them the opportunity to feel safe outside and they're going to use that outside area a lot more. Yeah, I remember um, we made a video here, I think it was was it last year, Mm -hmm. last summer maybe, and they had a drone and the videographer said every time that they tried to fly the drone, the hens yes, would yeah. run into the barn. Yes, <laughs> it looks like a bird of prey if yeah. you're a chicken. Um, that's the, the quickest way to get all of your birds back inside is mm-hmm. to fly something over the barn. Yeah. Um, but And then if we move into pasturees, which would be a minimum of 108 square feet outside, uh, all of the basic requirements are still there. The inside of the barn is still going to have the same amount of uh, minimum requirement for feed, water, perch, dust bathing area, etc., Uh, They are going to have the same outside access to things like shade and water, but the space itself is much, much larger. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if a farm is pasture-raised, then typically those farmers are using rotational grazing practices, um, often with other livestock. 
So if you, the birds may not necessarily use all of that space at one time, but they do have the option to allow other animals on their farm to use it as well. Okay. Uh, it's, if you have the land, why not use it? Sure, yeah. Now, is there a particular animal or does it really matter that a, a hen pairs well with? Uh, the chickens don't seem to care. Uh, for our pasture-raised farm, the, the one farm that does have other animals out there would be sheep. Okay. And the birds will follow behind the sheep, and they will scratch through anything that the sheep leave. Uh, the sheep, you know, it's everybody seems to get along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. It's like it's like the uh, utopia of animal farm. Right? <laughs> A little bit, yeah. Um, moving into uh, the feed, right? So obviously we have uh, you know cage free, free range, pasture range. Is was with regards to how the chickens themselves. Uh, have access to space um but uh then we see terms like you know organic and that's mm-hmm. not talking about space it's talking about feed right right so feed and also the land that the birds are on okay uh, so if you are certifying something as organic say with eggs for example every every space that the birds touch has to be certified organic by a national organic program accredited agency and then everything they eat, and then everything that we use here at the processing plant to handle those eggs all has to be organic certified. So at the farm, the farm itself carries organic certification. Uh, So there's there's certification, and that comes with an annual inspection, that the ground is certified organic, that there hasn't been any kind of like a pesticide or an herbicide applied to that ground. touches on some other things with like erosion management, things like that. Uh, the feed that the birds eat has to be certified organic, and there has to be a verifiable paper trail then showing that the feed was grown on a certified organic farm, that there's been uh, testing on the finished product done to show that it is organic, that there's no um, GMO residue in that, for example, no pesticide or herbicide residues. Uh, and then here at the processing plant, we also carry organic certification. So the soap that we use to wash the eggs is organic certified. Okay, wow. Uh, we have to submit evidence that our well has been tested and that there are no residues from the well. Uh, and then that allows us to put the seal on the carton that you see that says USDA certified organic. You have to have all of those pieces in the puzzle all fitting together before you're allowed to put that seal on the carton. Okay. Now, is the USDA the lone certifier of organics, or are there other organic certifiers out there? I, as far as loans, I don't know, uh, but the USDA manages the National Organic Program. Okay. And then there are certification bodies underneath that. Um, generally, like most states will have a state organic certification. So in Iowa, it would be the Iowa Department of Ag and Land Stewardship has an organic certification program but then there are also independent ones that have all been accredited by the national organic program okay now uh from your opinion with obviously organics you have the peace of mind and how it's being uh made processed grown right absolutely there's it's a really really strong system of verification and checks and balances especially in the united states Uh, and even with our farms the majority of our certified organic farmers are growing their own grain at least in some capacity yeah so some of that grain that the birds are then eating is coming from the actual farms where the birds live Uh, and then in other cases the majority of organic 
mills producing chicken feed, at least in our area, are purchasing mostly domestic stock. Okay. Um, and then again, they they are inspected. Anybody who is selling anything that's certified organic or producing anything certified organic does still have to have that organic certification. So the trail follows through no matter yeah. which end of it you're coming from. Yeah. Now, in your opinion, do you feel like or, uh, organics have any bearing on taste? No. In my opinion, no. Okay. Uh, the flavor of an egg is more influenced by what the birds eat, yeah. the actual thing, than it is by whether it's organic okay. or not. Yeah. Interesting. So what does uh, chicken feed typically consist of? For our farms, all of our hen diets are corn and soy based. Um, it's a plant-based diet. We're not using any animal proteins in our diets. That is one thing that the USDA organic program restricts mm-hmm. is that you cannot use animal byproducts in your feed. Um, so it's a grain-based diet. We found that corn and soy is what works best for our hens and what's most available where we are here in the Midwest. Yeah. And then depending on what's seasonally available, locally available, there will be other grains included in there. Uh, Diets further up in the Midwest typically have wheat in them. Uh, We see farms using field peas, um, alfalfa meal. There's a a variety, but the the main protein sources are going to be corn and soy. Okay. Now, I've seen some eggs boasting about how they're soy free is that more with regards to allergies or yes um we have tested our eggs and have not found that there have been soy residues in our eggs Um, it's digested by the hens the digestive system and the reproduction system are separate okay um so it should not be passed through the egg okay and real quick just to um, verify we don't do our own testing we do not no we had it tested by a third-party lab yeah that's right um well that's interesting um and so when uh, when we have a product in an omega three egg, mm-hmm. is it, how is it that that's different than let's say just an organic free range egg? That would be an additional feed additive that we use. Um, so I'm sure anybody who's familiar with maybe natural foods know that flaxseed is very high in omega three. Yeah. Uh, and we feed our hens that are producing the omega three eggs flaxseed. Uh, some omega-3, if it were a not organic certified product, may use something like fish meal, which can maybe impart an extra taste to okay. the eggs. Yeah. Flaxseed does not, at least in the concentrations that we're using. Um, so you, you add it to the diet, and then you um, we send our eggs in for third-party testing again to verify that the omega-3 levels are where we want them to be. Yeah, yeah. So, so we can see the traces, yeah, of we the omega three yeah, in the you egg, can. And, and they you you start feeding it to the birds. Usually, takes about a couple of weeks to build up in their systems, and then you'll start to see the omega three content in those eggs creep up. So, next question, uh, kind of moving away from from feed, is uh, what determines the color of an egg? The shell color of an egg is determined by the breed. Um, There are two main classes of chickens that are available today. There would be what you call the Asiatic class, uh, and then there'd be like a European or a North American class. So Asiatic class birds would be more like a Mediterranean type hen way back in the ancestry. Uh, And if you look at a bird, if you just have a chicken in front of you, you look at her earlobes, chickens have earlobes, And if the earlobe is white, then that's a pretty good guarantee that the bird is going to lay a white egg. If her earlobes are red or darker, then she's most likely going to lay a brown egg. And that is where you get from those classes. Asiatic birds tend to have white earlobes, Mediterranean class birds. 
North American and European strains have darker earlobes. So it, it doesn't have anything to do with what the bird eats. It's all comes down to breed. And earlobes. And earlobes. Yeah. So what about a like a blue egg? Would that be a blue earlobe? Actually, no. Uh, those would be from a bird with a white earlobe. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's, there's some outliers in there. Yeah. So it's not, it's not necessarily, I mean, it's most of the time. Most of the yeah. time, but not all of the time. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and so is that, and, and that's just a, what uh, people have obviously ob- observed, the earlobe mm-hmm. matching the egg. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a, a, have they been able to like pinpoint why that is, I guess? I, I'm not a geneticist. Yeah. I was actually terrible at genetics in college. Okay. So I'm, I'm sure it's been studied, but I don't know a lot about it beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Now, is there a difference between like a white and a brown or a blue egg for that matter, apart from the color? Nutritionally, no. The, what's inside the egg is the same. Okay. Yeah, so the, the shell is, is determined by the breed, but beyond that, an egg is an, is an egg is an egg. Yeah. And I guess we see more white conventional eggs versus more brown organic eggs you do. typically it's, right it's just become common i i don't know at what point that sort of became i think originally a brown egg was different enough that if you had an organic product and you well i'm gonna do a brown egg because it's different it yeah. looks different from what you typically see and that's just sort of continued um, you can certainly buy white organic eggs somewhere can you uh but they're not common now what about white like free range or pasture raised eggs is anybody do, doing that i assume so yeah yeah just a matter of um probably not as common obviously no, as right. the brown not egg. as common and that's what and that's what i you know i found in just um surveying customers is uh for those who buy organic or specialty eggs they really identify them by the mm-hmm. fact that they're brown eggs. with the brown eggs yeah. and birds that lay white eggs don't tend to free range as well as birds that lay brown eggs okay. uh, because they are from an asiatic class the personality those of those birds tend to be a little bit flightier okay uh, so a bird that's free ranging for it to really really do well in that environment needs to have a certain level of calm sure uh, and white birds do not typically um, as my best friend would say they have no chill okay <laughs> so, yeah just it, it tends to be a personality thing too. They just don't do as well in a cage-free or a free-range environment. Yeah, interesting. Um, and we say Asi- Asiatic. I mean, I assume from from Asia, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, what determines the color of an egg's yolk? Egg yolk is heavily influenced by what the birds eat. Uh, so, if the birds are eating something that's heavily pigmented, that's going to then show up in the egg yolk. So if you have birds that are, for example, say if it's a bird, it's a cage-free bird, they're not going outside. Uh, If they're eating a diet that's very high in wheat, which tends to be a really lightly pigmented grain, you're Mm -hmm. going to see yolks that are lighter because there's not as much pigment in the diet. Okay. Uh, If you have birds that eat a lot of corn, then those yolks are going to get darker. And some of that can kind of change by the time of the year where the corn was grown. Um, we see typically if it was a wetter year, you have corn that's lighter in color, uh, and then we'll translate to lighter color egg yolks. Hmm. Um, but just because you see a really dark yolk does not necessarily mean that the bird has spent a lot of time outside and vice versa. Um, okay. You can, you can certainly add like alfalfa to a bird's diet and darken that yolk. Yeah. Um, so, and typically if you, you will see it be darker in a bird that's spending time outside 
but it can change by the time of year because you don't always have bright, bright green grass yeah. available. Um, that's one customer question that we tend to get on our pasture-aised. Well, I, the yolks seem like they're lighter now than they were at the beginning of the year, especially in Iowa uh, with native grasses. You get into the fall and those grasses start to die off. Yeah. So the birds are still spending time outside, but if they're not in an area where the grass is green, green all year round, then you may see those yolks start to get a little bit lighter. Okay. And it seems, at least I've heard, that people put a lot of stock in the color of a yolk. They do. The, the color of the yolk, though, does not affect the nutrition of the egg. Um, a darker okay. yolk is not healthier for you than a lighter yolk. Uh, again, it's one of those things where there may be some really slight nutritional differences, but the, the basic nutritional profile of the egg does not change enough for it to make an effect in your diet based on the color of the yolk. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a placebo then it is a little yeah, bit yeah in some I mean, ways. xanthophils are what influences the darkness of color so like if you eat carrots carrots yeah. are brightly colored because they're high in xanthophils and it's it's one of those things that easily transfers through what you eat so if like a, a hen ate beets i mean a lot of beets it probably would make the yolks a lot darker yeah okay yeah. interesting um so and there's and there with a, a different colored yolk, there probably isn't a different necessarily in taste then either, right? Or could there be? There could be. Um, it would depend on what it was. Yeah. I haven't noticed a difference in taste in ours. Yeah. Um, but there could be. Some people, if you have a really sensitive palate, maybe somebody would notice it. But by and large, no, I wouldn't say it'd be significant. Yeah. Now, the rumor is, and maybe you've even confessed this, and I'm going to put you on the spot, is that you don't eat many eggs. I don't really like eggs. Yeah. I don't. But is that something that you acquired because you just were around hens too much and you ate too many eggs? No, or is it I've just actually never liked them. We used to have pitched battles at the breakfast table when I was a kid because <laughs> I was not interested. I And now that I'm an adult, I don't have to eat them if I don't want to. That's right, yeah. Um, I love Probably deviled eggs. You put mustard on anything and I will probably eat it. Yeah. But uh, scrambled eggs and fried eggs are probably not high on my list of, of favorite breakfast foods. Okay. So you're so in that sense you're not necessarily a uh, egg critic with regards to taste. No, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, my husband says he doesn't notice anything. He loves eggs. Yeah. But no, I'm I'm as far as taste, I'm probably not the best one. Okay. To tell a difference. All right. So those of you who, out there who really like those dark yolks and maybe you really think there is something to do with taste. Uh, we're not here to correct you. Maybe that's the case because I'm not an I'm not a expert with the, with regards to egg taste or quality of a yolk. I do appreciate. I think visually, maybe a darker yolk. Absolutely, they do look really nice, and it's it's something that we do work with our farmers. Um, we try and keep an eye on it, and if we do see a yolk getting really really light, um, especially if one of you who's listening maybe calls me and says, "Hey, I noticed that the yolks are lighter." It's something that we always check up on no matter what. Um, nine times out of ten, it just has to do with the time of year. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is something we like to keep an eye on because it does look nice if the yolks are dark. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so what causes, speaking of yolk, what causes a double yolk? Double yolks are kind of an anomaly. Uh, you see them most often in younger birds. Okay. When they start laying, uh, sometimes the system just has a couple of glitches in it and yeah. they may release two yolks at one time and they both end up getting bound into a shell before it's laid. 
you don't see them nearly as much as the birds get older just because their systems have kind of gotten all the kinks worked out. Sure. Um, if you get a really, really large egg, there's always a good chance that it's a double yolk just because a, a large egg weighs more. Okay. Double yolks weigh more. Uh, but most often in young birds, if you're buying our jumbo eggs, for example, and you get a whole carton of double yolks, which isn't uncommon because we don't purposely sort them out. Yeah. Uh, probably those came from a young flock of hens, um, somebody who just got birds in and they're starting to lay. We don't want to throw them out. They're perfectly good. Um, so sure, pass yeah. that on to you. And it seems like most people appreciate double yolks. I think so. It's always fun to find them. Yeah. It's a two for one. Although I was thinking about this. I was making the case that a double yolk was a two for one. Uh, but I don't know if it was my wife or somebody else corrected me saying that well, in one sense, it, yeah, it is. You get two yolks, but in a large egg that just has a single yolk, it's just a bigger yolk, right? Right, right. Um, so it's about probably the same amount of yolk, but it's, it's it's a little more. But you can also get a jumbo egg that's the same size as a double yoked egg, and it sure. just has a really big yolk. Yeah. So it varies a little bit. Yeah, we're not yoking. <laughs> oh man, I can't help myself. That was bad. Yeah, it's really bad. There's always got to be at least one bad egg pun, if not two, uh, in any podcast about eggs. Um, so with uh, also, I was going to ask, with the double yolk, does that have anything to do with the season? It does not. Okay. No, no it's, it's just an anomaly. Yeah, just and, and primarily you see it with younger birds. Mm-hmm. Yep, with younger birds. But yeah, no, we haven't seen anything that correlates to the time of year or how the birds were raised or what breed of birds. It just seems to happen sometimes and other times it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's an exciting thing when it does. All right, my last question uh, for now, and again, if you have other questions that you would like answered, uh, please feel free to contact us, and uh, we can very well do a uh, FAQ podcast part two, if Laura's willing and we have enough questions. Um, But yeah, to to close up, what does certified humane mean, Um, and I guess what does it entail? So Certified Humane is a third-party animal welfare verification program by Humane Farm Animal Care. Um, Humane Farm Animal Care is an independent, non-profit certification organization uh, focusing solely on animal welfare. They, they certify more than just chickens. They're, you can also get the Certified Humane seal from beef, cattle, goats, okay. uh, pretty much any sort of domesticated animal. Um, Certified humane for us means that we have somebody from Humane Farm Animal Care who comes out every year and visits all of our farms and verifies that we are meeting all of their animal welfare standards. Um, If you visit the Certified Humane website, which is certifiedhumane.org, they have a section where you can look at their standards for laying hens. Uh, All of those standards are what our farms are complying to. So we spend a lot of time making sure that what those standards require and what we say we do is what our farms are actually doing. Um, So at the basis, it would be providing uh, what would be considered an above standard amount of feed and water and space for those birds. Um, Record keeping that really gives the farmer a picture of how his flock is performing so Mm -hmm. that we can head off any potential uh, production issues or disease issues. Um, It also applies to how we handle the eggs here at the plant. So uh, as far as truth and labeling goes, making sure that we 
keep all of our certified humane eggs separate and labeled so that we're not accidentally packing something that's not certified humane into a label that says it is certified humane. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it it really is for the health and the care of the birds. We are really, really uh, strict about that with our farms spend a lot of time making sure that what we say we do is what we actually do and this just adds an extra layer to that yeah yeah and from my limited time here and and limited time on the farms uh talking with the farmers i mean they they take a lot of pride in that they do they're very serious about uh making sure that what we say we're doing obviously is what is happening on the farm 100 percent. it's it's good for everybody if we if we do what we actually say we're gonna do yeah yeah well that's awesome well thank you so much laura for taking the time to answer these questions today uh so again you are listening to the scramble podcast brought to you by farmers hen house it's more than an egg it's an egg that is doing good for the hen as you've heard today for the farmer the environment, and also you. And so we are uh, glad you are joining us and continue to buy Farmer's Hen House eggs because they're the best eggs. Absolutely, right? 100%. Uh, just And take my word for it. And my husband. Yeah, that's right. So thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody.